This episode is brought to you by ABC. Station 19 is back for its final and hottest season yet. Andy finally becomes captain, and she's going to give it her all to be the best leader the station has ever seen. Will she succeed? Get ready for fiery new romances and high adrenaline rescues. Watch the Station 19 season premiere tonight at a new time, 10, 9 central on ABC and stream on Hulu. Welcome to TMZ Live. Harvey Levin here. Charles here. Happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving, indeed. So um, we are going to start with uh, the people who have been left out. White billionaires. Um, it is a problem. Um, it is a social issue. And it was addressed by one white billionaire. I, I understand that you have your tongue in cheek, I hope, when you say that. But Jim Ursay, the owner of the uh, Indianapolis Colts, definitely did not have his tongue-in-cheek when he said this. He is serious. He feels that rich <laughs> white guys are being targeted by law enforcement. This came up during his uh, sit-down with Andrea Kramer for HBO's Real Sports, and she was discussing his 2014 DUI arrest. He thinks that uh, he got a raw deal, and purely because he's a billionaire. Just watch this. Was that the low point for you? No, not really, because the arrest was wrong. I had just had hip surgery and been in the car for 45 minutes. And what, they asked me to walk the line? Are you kidding me? I can barely walk at all. And so I you're saying you couldn't walk because you'd had the hip surgery, not because you were on any kind yes. of painkillers? I mean, I'm not saying that, it's a fact. So why did you plead to the misdemeanor? Just to get it over with, look it, I am prejudiced against because I'm a rich white billionaire. If I'm just uh, the average guy down the block, they're not pulling me in. Of course not. Do you know what it's going to sound like if people hear you say they're prejudiced against a rich white billionaire? I don't billionaire? care what it sounds like. It's the truth. I don't, you know, Andre, I could give a damn what people think, how anything sounds or sounds like. Well, I, okay, I, look, I, I want to say something. I like I, the, I, I, hold I, on. I, I want you to stop let before me just, I I'm, I'm saying this to you as your friend. Stop. Think for just take two or three seconds. I don't need you to and do think this about for it me. before you, you say don't what need you're about to, do to say. This for me. I'm going to say two things. One is I respect the fact that he speaks his mind, that at least somebody who makes a comment knowing that it's going to be received this way, at least is not afraid because we live in fear right now. So I that said, okay. it's all BS. I it's mean, tone deaf it's trash. Well, it's not what he said is tone deaf trash. But let me just when you look uh, at the video of the dash cam video of this arrest and you hear everything he said to the police, first of all, never, ever brought up a thing about having a hip surgery or that he was sitting in the car. Never said anything about that. And he sounds completely out of it. He can't stand. All right. He never says anything about his hip. So, okay, but and, wait and by the way, if he had been an ordinary guy, an ordinary guy wouldn't have had a lawyer who, who, okay, but who negotiated that he, he got, didn't negotiate anything. That he, pled, he got to plead he pled. down to a misdemeanor. It, he pled down to a misdemeanor. That happens all the time. Oh, the thing that's BS about it is the cops, when they pulled him over, and if he was black, he might have been shot. Oh, my God. Why are you making it into this? I'm just he saying got, it is a ridiculous thing. It is ridiculous, say. but he got pulled over. The cops didn't know, oh, 
he's driving with hip surgery. The cops just must have seen him veer or something That's like exactly that. That's exactly what the cops said in, in, during the stop. Right. And so he, he said, just let me drive the car. You can see that I, I can operate it. And did like, they I do did watch that. Did they do a blood alcohol test is what I want to know. They, and they I did. would think they did. There you go. And, was it over, was, was, and was he over the legal limit? Well, they found it was more painkillers. There's more drugs in his system. That they okay, well, that, no, no, that's, that's DUI. If, yeah. if he is driving impaired, it's just DUI. And right. he may have had painkillers, but that's not a and white billionaire. Way, dropped his name like three seconds into the stop. He said, uh, oh, uh, Jim Ursay just bought a house out here. This is, by the way, in suburban Indianapolis. So he's kind of a big deal there. And he made sure the police knew exactly who he was before they even asked for ID. Why are we arguing with each other even because when we, the, even when we agree? No, we're agreeing. equivocating this we, statement from him. In I'm not equivocating. Yes, hold, you are. Hold on. I am not equivocating anything. I called it BS, which it is. I'm agreeing with you. You are so disagreeable today that you're disagreeing with me when we agree. Edward? <laughs> to, 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 <laughs> I was waiting for you guys to finish, but to Charles's point, uh, uh, Ursay pleaded guilty to a misdemeanor, right? Uh, he was only sentenced to probation after all this. And like like Charles mentioned in the in the, in the the body cam footage, the dash cam footage, you could see that there, there's something that appeared to be very wrong with him. Uh, uh, not only that, the NFL really slapped him on the wrist with this as well. He's only spent a couple games and fined uh, a couple hundred thousand dollars, which for a billionaire is nothing. So to Charles's point, if, if, if he claims he's so prejudiced against and, and the world hates him, this, that, and the other, I mean, probation and a slap on the wrist from the NFL doesn't seem that bad, uh, uh, all things considered. Right? What's really weird, Mr. Ursay, is nine years later, how many times has law enforcement, since they have it out for you, stopped you? Yeah, how much has that happened? How many times do you get pulled over just because you're driving while billionaire? If he has, if he's taking painkillers and driving, that's driving under the influence. There's only one DWB in this country, and it ain't driving while billionaire. Hey, it's Steve Maviglio here in Sacramento, California, and I usually provide a lot of advice for politicians who get pulled over. But, you know, he's a billionaire. Why is he even driving home, period, by himself? Get a limo driver, for God's sakes. You exactly. Would exactly. You which would is what, think. Which is what all the NFL owners say about their players when they end up getting right. DUI. They should have an Uber or whatever. Uber. Yeah, right. but it's like, this, it, this is ridiculous. It's ridiculous. Happy ridiculous. Thanksgiving, everybody. Yeah. Okay, we're moving <laughs> Thanksgiving. on. Thanksgiving. Uh, let's <laughs> move on. Let's talk about love. How about that? Yeah. Another topic you really love. Um, but talking about uh, Travis Kelsey what is with you and today? Taylor Swift. I don't know. I haven't had my Thanksgiving dinner yet. But uh, <laughs> Travis Kelsey opening up about his relationship with Taylor, um, which is really interesting. This is different for a Taylor Swift relationship. Oh, they're going to get married, I think. I mean. I really do. The guys she's dating rarely that I can they remember. They never speak. Talk they about never, the relationship. never talk. But maybe it's because she hasn't dated someone who was already a talker. A big talker. Yeah. And so Travis Kelsey on his podcast um, talked more about this relationship and how it blossomed. And this is refreshing to hear. You made more headlines this week uh, when you did an interview uh, with the Wall Street Journal magazine. I've been getting uh, more and more ingrained in the business world, uh, getting buying. I don't know, getting into investments and teaming up with uh, different companies. Um, it's been cool. And uh, they did an awesome job with the article. I thought it was uh, it was cool how they showcased um, just my uh, my love for not only Kansas City, but my love for the people that I have around me. And, um, yeah, it was awesome. 
Um, my love for the people I have around me. Well, the Swifties went crazy as they always do. You know and, what? I, I gotta this, say something. This as basically saying he loves Taylor Swift. I would agree. I thought he was gonna be a little less obtuse about it. That is very much in line with a Taylor Swift boyfriend. It's called. You say a little bit, but you don't really. What is say it again? It. The um, uh, Easter eggs. That, oh, he's learning it from her. He's, he's, learning, it from, he's learning it from her. You don't say it directly. You say it obtusely. And if you say it obtusely, the then everybody go crazy. They talk about it like crazy. And this is part of her so brand. He's, so he's learning Swifty speak. He's in her brand. Hey, this is Jamon Crawford from Dallas, Texas. Taylor Swift is getting married to Travis Kelsey. All the Swifties can calm down about that. You can tell he's absolutely in love with her. So, I mean, look, she's with the mom and everything like that. It's going to happen. All I need to do is get an invite with a plus one because I got a couple Swifties that absolutely love it. And uh, I'm bringing a potato salad. I'm bringing a potato wow. salad. I got it. I just... Uh... Can, can I just tell you something? If I'm right, and uh -huh. if they really do get engaged and married, that wedding is going to be... Oh, my God. Oh, it's like I can't even think about wall to wall. You, you thought the, it's gonna the, be the like, royal weddings? Forget the royal weddings. Yeah. Seriously. Okay, we got to take a break. All right, when we come back, huge Britney Spears news uh, related to her family. You know that she's been estranged from everyone in her family, but her sister Jamie Lynn says something's changed, and it sounds like maybe there's gonna be a peace, peace accord in the Spears family. You could call this a holiday miracle, the first of many, we hope, <laughs> in this holiday season. Apparently, Britney Spears and her estranged, or at least we believed, estranged sister, Jamie Lynn have been talking. Knock me over with a feather. You know, exactly. Jamie Lynn Spears is right now on uh, a reality show. Uh, it's the UK show, I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here. And um, she was talking about, uh, on the show, she discussed the fact, one, I'm surprised that she would talk about Britney at all because everything we know is that Very is triggering. Exactly. But she did talk about Britney and listen to this. This is crazy. It sounds like they are and have been at least speaking to each other. I don't know how warm it has been, but they've been speaking to each other, according to Jamie Lynn. Where do you live? I live in the country. We have like 180 acres. Wow. So it's yeah. like, what you call a ranch or something like yeah. that? Yeah. And you, okay, your sister is obviously a superstar. Yeah. Yeah. You are a superstar. Why, how come the both of you, what made I, it? I think every family fights and has their stuff. But, you know, I talked to her before I came here and... We love each other. It's just, you know, it's a lot of... No, but I mean, uh, the both of you became so famous and so big. I mean, oh, that's I what I mean. I always say this. My mama, not in a cocky way at all, like my mom literally believed that we were the best in the world. I am stunned. I'll tell you, we cover Britney Spears. We've done two documentaries on her. Um, we've, we've covered her for 18 years at TMZ. I would never have put money on that. I, I, I mean, Britney Spears goes after her in her book, which just goes came after out her in the book and has talked about her now for several years about how Jamie Lynn never had her back, was betraying her, was using her name. Guys, this, you know, you can also lean into the fact that Jamie Lynn is obviously on a reality show. She's probably getting paid a nice chunk of money to be on this show. But I do actually believe Jamie Lynn in this situation. What's also interesting is just yesterday, Brittany had posted um, on her Instagram a couple days ago that 
uh, she posted a picture with her and her mom, Lynn, and said, my mommy, and we know Brittany's been outspoken over the last several years about her tumultuous relationship with her mom. So, like all families, I mean, they have their ups and downs, but it seems like maybe things are heading in a better direction right now for them. Maybe it's the holidays, too. It could well be the holidays, because remember, I mean, right. sadly, Brittany's alone. I mean, Sam's gone, yeah. the kids are gone, and... And with the holiday season now starting, she's maybe thinking it, about this and... It, maybe, maybe. Uh, listen, we're all here for it, right? That yeah, would be, no, that that would be would great be, if, it ha- be if it's really happening. A nice thing to happen. Yeah. Hey guys, uh, knock me over the feather was hilarious. I think it's all fake and I think it's all made up and I think it's for show to promote the book. Oh, wait a minute. You're oh, saying, you're saying the two of them are in on it or that Britney's in on it with Jamie Lynn? That's really cynical. Wow. <laughs> that, that Britney would make it seem like she's warming things up with her mom but and the her sister. the book's running its course. The people who are going to buy the book have bought the book. I mean, it's, think. Not, it's not like it's people are going to... In I fact, there might, be, there might be a lot of people no. buying it for the holiday season. Here's the thing. It goes the opposite way. That if they are back together, then the book is old. Because the You're book dating is dating the book. That's right. right. So hmm. it doesn't make sense. Now that we've solved that, we're moving. All right, yes. Moving on to Sean Penn, who's weighing in on the loss of Matthew Perry here in Hollywood. Now, Sean was on uh, Piers Morgan's show, and um, he's admitting he doesn't didn't know Matthew very well. But remember, Sean Penn was on several on episodes Friends. of Friends, mm-hmm. so they definitely interacted. But there is something they kind of have in common. Um, Sean Penn, uh, his son Hopper, is very publicly battled uh, addiction. And so Matthew's experience may be something that um, he can learn something from. This is what Sean had to say about it when he was on Piers' show. Your thoughts about Matthew? What a talented guy. I can't claim to have known him well, but I liked him very much. I saw him somewhat recently, and we were both catching a flight out of Los Angeles Airport. And I you know, complimented him on... Um, what I knew of his book, I hadn't read the book. I had seen several of his interviews and he seemed to be talking about, had confronted it and, and, and was very intelligent and, and, and you know, bold about it and, and, and generously offering his experience to people to be helpful. Um, it's, tra- it's, it's tragic, I can't say that I was terribly surprised. I, I don't know what the whole coroner's report things and everything, but I know he had done a lot of damage to his organs over the years. And, um, you know, tough, tough situation. Yeah, I mean, uh, I kind of felt yeah. bad for Sean Penn there. It felt like he was obviously, I, you know, he wanted to say some nice, nice things, things yeah. about Matthew Perry, he but I also didn't felt have, like yeah, he didn't have a depth of knowledge about it, and he admitted that. Uh, it's just weird that they brought it up In my, on yeah. the show as a a topic for him. And by the way, just real quick, I mean, the good thing is the things he just mentioned will live on past Matthew Perry's life because there's now a foundation yeah. uh, that you know people in his world have, have established to help people the way Matthew wanted to do during his lifetime. Yes. Okay. Absolutely. We All are right. going to take a break. All right. When we come back, we're going to be joined by our good friend, Jonathan Bennett. He is up to his usual good work with the Hallmark Channel. He's got a new movie that's coming out. And this one is really special, not so much for the holiday part of it, but it's the message of inclusion around the holidays that Jonathan's really proud of. He's going to be with us when we come back. All right, as soon as you clear off your Thanksgiving table, you know what time it is. 
it is time to start thinking about the holidays. We are officially uh, we into are the in. Christmas season. We are season. in deep. Uh, and if <laughs> the clearing of Thanksgiving table wasn't enough, you know it, when Hallmark starts rolling out all their uh, holiday films. And they have a new one this year uh, with Jonathan Bennett. The plot of this is hilarious. And <laughs> he is joining us to talk about this year's offering for Christmas, his new movie that's coming out uh, on December 9th on Hallmark. Jonathan, uh, welcome back to TMZ Live. How you doing? I'm wonderful. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, everyone. Yeah. <laughs> and the same to you. So, you know, before we get into the movie, I just think it's really interesting that, you know, this is a difficult time in the entertainment industry and with strikes and, you know, with, with Netflix and time. streamers cutting yeah. back and everything. Hallmark is the one place that just keeps rolling along. And I, I was just thinking, what a smart career move it was for you, because this is, you know, for people in entertainment, this is a reliable gig. You know what? There's no, and I say this all the time, but I, I truly mean it. There's no better place to work in the entire entertainment industry than Hallmark Channel. And I mean that, and for a lot of reasons, but the reason that I think that sets Hallmark Channel apart from a lot of other networks is that Hallmark Channel, the executives and the people in charge, they actually care. They care about the talent. They care about the quality of movies that they're producing. You know, you say, oh, it looks like a Hallmark movie. And you know what a Hallmark movie looks like because it gives you these tentpole things that you're that you're so used to and have come to love seeing at Christmas. You know, the meat cute, the, the fall in love, the, the hot chocolate and the fire and the mistletoe. There, there's all these things in these movies that we've come to expect and, and, and want when we watch them. It's the one channel you can turn on and know that you're going to get these heartfelt stories told with love and 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 have these these amazing like magical christmas movies that make you feel like you're home. You know what Jonathan, I was just as you're talking about this and and I don't know if they if they do this already but I just remember earlier this year um last month when Bravo had their their BravoCon thing and so many fans turned out for it. Hallmark could easily do that yeah. as well. Like do they have a uh, something like a Hallmark con? It's so funny you say that because we're actually doing Hallmark's first ever cruise, which is a convention. There at you sea. go. And it'll be in November of 2024. They put <laughs> one ship on sale and I think it sold out in like two minutes. And so I think this is going to be something we're going to see more and more is Hallmark finding ways to connect with their fans. Because I, I've been to some Christmas conventions that we go to. And when, when I'm there to have the fans come up, especially like a mom that'll come up to me who might have a gay teenage son and he'll, he'll come up and meet me in line. And when he'll when he walks away, the mom might come up and be like, she'll say something like, you know, he watched your movie last year, The Holiday Sitter, and we got to watch it as a family. And I could watch on his face the first time he got to see a love mm -hmm. that looked like his in a Hallmark movie. And it just he it changed him. Like I could see him like just glowing from the inside. So thank you. So it's it, these movies matter to people. I want to get into that point in a minute, but why don't you tell us first of all what the movie Christmas is about? On, Christmas on Cherry Lane. Oh, Christmas on Cherry Lane. We got a new one coming out December 9th at eight o'clock on Hallmark Channel. Christmas on Cherry Lane. It's a really fun movie that's never been done. There we are. A really fun <laughs> movie that's never been done on the network where we take it's an ensemble cast of these three couples that are on Cherry Lane. And it's a peek into each of these couples on Christmas Eve and what kind of Christmas looks like for them. But each one of the couples is going through a really big turning point in their life. And some are very heartfelt. Some are very funny. My character, me and Vinny, uh, Vincent Rodriguez III, we got to put that in there. <laughs> he, um, 
we're looking to expand our family and adopt. And you'll see that kind of happen throughout the movie while maybe another couple is having empty nester syndrome and, you know, people are leaving the nest. So there's a lot of different things going on in the, in this movie. And there's something very cool about it that the Hallmark PR team has emailed me. I, I'm not joking. Every single time I go to an interview, I get an email before saying, don't forget, don't talk about X, Y, and Z. So I can't talk about why you should watch this movie, but just know that the (laughs) PR team tells me not to tell anything else than what I've already told because we don't want to spoil it because it has this, there's something very special. All right. When you watch it, you'll be like, what? Right. Right. The enjoyment of the movie is the plot twist. We can't give that away. I I, got to tell you something. The reason I just love this so much that, you know, as a gay man, when I was really young, um, there was, it was almost like a gay ghetto where, uh, you know, there wasn't a lot of, you know, straight people mixing with gay people. And it's changed over time, which I've always felt was really, really important. And one of the things that I love that you guys are doing and that what you do is like this movie is not a, a movie not just, just about, about two gay guys. Couple. Right. It's just showing everybody together. You all live on the same block. Yeah, and, yeah, and, and, and get along. I, I got to say, I think that is so important. I really mean that. Thank you, Harvey. Thank you. That means a lot. It's um, it's something we're really proud of what we do at the network, and that is making we don't make we don't tell stories for straight people or tell stories for gay people. We tell stories for everyone because Christmas is for everybody. And we want to make sure that our programming reflects the audiences that watch them, which is everyone. And so at Hallmark Channel, it's really important for us to let the audience know that everyone has a seat at our holiday table. You're always everyone is welcome here. Well, that's uh, why they're so successful, uh, Jonathan. Uh, we can all check out your new offering, Christmas on Cherry Lane. Harvey, what you said is so perfect. It's what I love. And you see it on the poster for the film. It tells you right away that this is just a, a movie about couples who all happen to live on the same block. Doesn't matter no. sexual it's a orientation. Movie for everybody. Yes. December 9th on Hallmark Channel. Uh, Jonathan, thanks so much for being with us, man. Thanks, Happy Jonathan. holidays. Happy Merry holidays. Christmas. Happy holidays. Oh, I'm, so, I, I, I'm required to say it. Merry Christmas. Right. Uh, it's part of our, they put it into our suit. We have to say it. There you go. Yeah, you get Bye, the guys. suit, but no plot lines. All right. <laughs> Thanks, Jonathan. Thanks, Jonathan. Okay, we are going to take a break. All right. When we come back, we're going to be joined by Jewish rapper Kosha Dills. He has done something really extraordinary. He's tried to see the conflict in Israel and Gaza from both sides going to different protests. It has not gone smoothly for him at all times. He's going to be here to explain his experience being at rallies that were pro-Israel and also pro-Palestine. You'll be here when we come back. It has been a tense week uh, here in Hollywood, um, in an entertainment in general, after we saw what happened with uh, Susan Sarandon, her agents dropping her from UTA, and Melissa Barrera, the star of the new Scream movies, was cut from the film because of comments they made about the Israel-Hamas war. We talked about this yesterday, that it's, you speak up and you say something, um, you know, there are consequences. Uh, People on both sides of this dispute are, feeling the consequences. And, uh, and people who straddle the line in the middle feel the consequences yeah, for it's not like taking you say, a stand. Exactly. Right. So no matter what you say or how you say it, there will be someone who is upset. Uh, one person in New York who is dealing with this is rapper Kosha Dills. Obviously, you can tell from his stage name, 
He is Jewish, but he has really made an effort to see both sides of this. And he's joining us now to talk about what his experience has been as, you know, we've seen anti-Semitism on the rise across the country. Uh, so joining us right now is Kosha. Welcome to TMZ Lot. What's going on, guys? Thanks for having me. We, Thanks, we, we so appreciate having you. Um, why don't you tell us, because you do have kind of a personal experience, and especially with your name, um, how it's been for you uh, since October 7th? Since October 7th, I was doing a festival. I mean, my first name is Rami. I'm Israeli-American. Um, and also, you know, Rami's a Palestinian name. I've always been judged right off the bat when I introduce myself of where I'm from and who I am. Uh, when I came into that name, it was more of a Jewish pride thing. My first thing was to do the song. Um, from The song developed into me doing Man on the Street videos of going to interview people that um, I was asking basic questions like, hey, do you condemn Hamas? Do you think Hamas is a terrorist organization? And somehow it's like permeated into our society that people think, you know, Hamas is a freedom fighter. And I always draw the juxtaposition. There was a video that a lot of people saw where there were people in Dagestan, Russia, um, yeah. storming an airport looking for Jews. And I said, what's worse, Dagestan or just people saying, oh, Hamas is fine or Hezbollah's, you know, they're good people. And I think, you know, the Jews did everything. And I think that's what's permeated a society through social media of people saying, you know, I have to make a stand. I have to say something. But, you know, we need a voice for the voiceless, but not all voices are for the voiceless. I hear what you're saying. Now, you said that you uh, you were asking people about Hamas, as I understand, you went to rallies, obviously pro-Israel rallies, but you also went to pro-Palestinian rallies to speak mm -hmm. to people there. And how were you received going to those particular rallies? Well, you know, in the Jewish community, a lot of people know who I am, you know, because I've been I've been doing the, this sort of Jewish pride rap music and been the Jewish guy in, in hip hop. I'm the Jewish guy in Wild and Out, rapping with a yarmulke. I'm I'm very proud of 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 like my identity. Um, I wear the same sweatshirt. I'm like easily identifiable. I wasn't going there undercover. I said, hi, you know, I'm Kosher Dills. I'm Israeli. I'd like to ask you some questions. You don't have to answer them. And people go forward and begin to talk and talk and talk. I, I never thought people would say some of the things that they would say, but it became so common for people to call terrorist freedom fighters that they just kept speaking. And these are the videos I just posted. Like I'm literally like the Gary V style documenting what I'm doing. I'm going to this one, I'm going to that one. And the videos went kind of crazy because everyone is sort of appalled. And, um, you know, whether you're pro-Israel, pro-Palestine, I think it's really the only people that truly suffer are Israelis and Palestinians and Jews and Muslims around, you know, and it's horrible what's happened to all the innocent lives lost. But it goes to show you that some of the people that are saying things don't really have any skin in the conflict. They're not there. It took me about 15 interviews to meet someone who was from Gaza or had wow. family in Gaza. He was the kindest person that I met throughout the entire day. All the other people seem that they wanted to say something for the sake of saying something. Even the people that are speaking at some of the rallies, um, have been, you know, speaking or learning about the conflict only since October 7th. I'm kind of of a similar mind that, you know, you you look at what happened on October 7th, and it is just stunning to me that people could in any way embrace that and say these are freedom fighters when they're beheading babies, raping women. That's not what a land war is about. And yet at the same time, you know, you just ache when you see those premature babies laying in a hospital that's torn apart and you yeah, see yeah, and you see family, you see innocent palestinians being killed and it's it, horrible. It, it, and it feels to me like for so many people you have to choose one or the other that you can't feel 
compassion for both, that it's a zero-sum game, that if you support the yeah. Israelis, and I, it's so messed up that um, it's hard for me to wrap my head around that, that mm. this becomes one or the other. Right. It's sort of a choose your own adventure. You know, the books where you open up and they're saying, you could go to page 80, you could go to page 160, and this is your own version of the book. Um, that's a sort of what social media has become sort of right now is like the echo chamber. And then people get intimidated by you sticking up for being Jewish. Um, yet they have terms and conditions of how Jewish you could be. So they'll say happy Rosh Hashanah and happy Hanukkah. And it's cool that you eat a pastrami sandwich at Cat's Deli. But once you start sticking up for, you know, your friends and family that were at the music festival, right? The same people that go to music festivals at Coachella haven't said anything about the uh, Nova Festival. You know, um, our friends that died, my followers that messaged me and said, here's, you know, sending me video of them escaping. And this is before October 7th. And then you have um, the other people that are in your community who are trying to play the same festivals as you. And I try to tell, I said, if they're my followers and fans and friends, those are your followers, fans and friends, you know? And this is like Susan uh, Sarandon, who's been an activist for so many years, especially someone who considers herself a feminist. Where are all the feminists that have condemned women getting raped? I thought we were supposed to believe women by all means necessary, right? No matter what, yet no one has really spoken up for the women that have been raped. Right. And I, I just think like the double standard, I mean, as a Jewish guy and as a good person, I like to hold myself to a higher standard, but I'm kind of, it's kind of getting really tired Less specifically for the Jewish community about people that hold, you know, everything else when it comes to being progressive and leaving us out of the conversation. Yeah. I hate being, you know, pessimistic on Thanksgiving, but, um, you know, at, at, at a point, you know, if, Getting rid of Hamas is going to be a very difficult thing because they are recruiting at this very moment because of the casualties going on right now in Gaza. The mm -hmm. way I'm feeling, Kosha, is kind of like things are going to get just a lot worse. And I don't see a clear resolution to this in any way. Uh, maybe you do. I'd love to hear it if you do. I think what a lot of people fail to realize is that, like, Empathy should come first here, especially because we have the privilege of not being we're, we're here on social media. We're commenting. And this is why Susan and the girl from Screams, you know, seven are getting losing their jobs is because they feel the need to say something, but they're not directly involved. If you ever go to a rally, they let anyone in for free. You know, there's no there's no velvet rope. It's not Hollywood. You don't have to pay an entry fee or a ticket master. Anyone could go. Right. And we want to let anyone speak because we're so desperate for people to care about us that we will take anything. And that stuff has really, really divided actual Israelis and Palestinians coming together to work on stuff. And that is not gonna only just, it's not gonna happen on social media because it really can't be documented because people will get angry. I posted a picture running the New York City Marathon where I raised money for Holocaust survivors in Israel and outside of Israel, living below poverty line. I found a guy with a Palestinian flag. We took a picture, the video, a nine minute video over like Frank Sinatra. It got like over 5 million views. The guy was really happy to do it. Once people started commenting on it and getting angry at him, they basically bullied him into taking back doing the video. Hmm. And we were like wow. half a marathon in, you know? Um, and that's how much, all I could do is show my empathy and I hope it like transfers through to someone in the screen on, on Thanksgiving. There is any hope, I think you're right, that it's going to have to be uh, on a, a smaller level first before it gets to 
stinks. Exactly. Yeah. So appreciate Costa, the thanks time. Thanks so much for being with Happy us. Man. Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanks, man. Bring the family home, and I appreciate you guys. All right. <sighs> okay. We are going to take Start a break. small and yeah. get big. Taking a break. All right. When we come back, Danica McKellar is going to be here with a little holiday cheer. She also has a new holiday movie, but this one is different. She's not just acting. In fact, she's uh, taken us inside her new deal, Great American Family, and they are bringing her in as a big time producer. How's she wearing that hat? We'll be here to talk about it when we come back. All right, we've got some more uh, holiday movie action for you. Basically, we're just telling you everything that you can watch over uh, this holiday weekend. Right. Um, this time it is Danica McKellar with a movie called A Royal Date for Christmas. This one is on the Great American Family Channel, which is the competitor to Hallmark Channel. A few years ago, one of the Hallmark execs left, launched this network, and now they are just like Hallmark Channel, cranking out the holiday movies. And Danica is not only starring in a slew of them coming up. She is a producer. That's right, which may explain why they got a lot of former Hallmark Channel stars to come over to Great American Family. So joining us right now is the star of this new holiday movie, Danica McKellar. Can't wait to hear about A Royal Date for Christmas and your new gig producing films. Welcome back to TMZ Live. Thank you so much. It's great to be back. And... Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. <laughs> love the decorations. Thank you. It's just, it's a beginning. Um, I, I love Christmas. I love being, look, the twinkly lights and sparkly. I mean, it's just, it makes you happy. It makes me happy. So it's kind of my jam. So um, <laughs> I, I, I want to ask you a bunch of things. First of all, tell us uh, the top line for the movie. Yes. So my movie is A Royal Date for Christmas, and it airs this Saturday night on Great American Family Channel, 5 o'clock. Pacific, 8 o'clock Eastern, so it airs at the same time across the country. I'll be live tweeting for it or Xing or whatever you call it. Um, <laughs> it's a delightful movie, you guys. It is a fairy tale come true. It's a royal movie, which I love. And it's really about second chances because this character has completely given up on love. She's a stylist, and she gets an assignment to dress a duke who's coming over from England, but he's lost his luggage. So she's a stylist. She's going to give him outfits for the week. He's been recently broken up with, and so he asked if she'd be his platonic plus one for these events as well. I've also been recently broken up with, and so we have broken hearts, and we sort of come together. And one of the things that makes this movie different from, like, all the other ones that I've done <laughs> is that it is more emotional. And the reason is because my co-star, Damon Runyon, he's fantastic. I'd worked with him before, like, years ago, and that's why I suggested him for this movie, because I remembered him being really emotional in a scene. He looks like a duke. He's got this royal sort of elegance about him, and he's so emotionally available. And so there are these beautiful romantic scenes that are just, oh, they're just going to get you. So I noticed you saying that, you know, you uh, you picked out your co-star, Um Nice to have uh, that power when you're producing on a film and not just acting it, right? Oh, for sure. It's been, look, I've been in this business for over 30 years. I've been an act, just an actress for a long time. And on my Hallmark movies, I was named as a producer and I would like for some of them, and I would have some involvement, but the big difference for me at Great American Family is that I'm very involved. I get to be involved in tweaking the scripts, choosing the scripts, choosing co-stars, ca the other roles, casting. I mean, I don't get the final say, but I get to be involved. And, and even in the editing room and music choices, you name it. And it's been so creatively satisfying to get that overview and to be involved at all the stages. Again, like since I've been in the business for so long and, and only had really the one side of it before. Yeah, no, I get really it. Exciting. I get it. Yeah. I have a question for you. Um, Danica, I have done court shows for many, many years. 
And, you know, when we started People's Court a long time ago, there was one show. There ended up being 11 court shows. And, you know, there was always this thing. Is it additive or is it competitive? And I'm wondering how you view your network. Is it just, is it additive to what's already there, namely Hallmark, or is this a competition? Is it a competitive thing? I know thing? others, like even Lifetime gets into the yeah. holiday movies also. Just curious yeah. about it. So Bill Abbott, you guys mentioned before, he started, he kind of started this revolution when he was at Hallmark and then he started Great American Family Channel. So, I mean, it's, it's all going to be very similar. I personally think more Christmas is better. I love it. I love that there's movies to, look, these movies come out on the weekends, right? Mostly. People can DVR them and watch movies all week long if they want um, and just be in the Christmas spirit that much more. You've got this niche now with this network. And I, you know, I was thinking about this, especially with the actor strike and everything else and just the struggles that people are having with streaming, that you've got something that just will not go away. And other it's actors- It's kind of like Mariah Carey having a exactly. huge- Christmas song exactly. that will go on forever. That it's a great gig that you know <laughs> that there'll be a 2024 Christmas, etc., etc. We're already working on it. <laughs> that, being, that being said, that being said, I don't take any of it for granted. I feel com- so blessed and so grateful for everything that I've had and grateful that the audiences want more and more. Grateful that I was on a childhood show that brings extra nostalgia I get to bring extra nostalgia with me, which is so great for these movies because it's all about the warm and fuzzies. And I'm so, I'm grateful for all of it. You know, I'm looking at the decorations behind you and I'm realizing as you're talking about all these films you're making, you pretty much have to be in Christmas mode year round because it's not like you just shoot all these movies in the month, like in November, you're shooting all year. Oh yes. And mostly in the summer because of, I guess the financial structure of how the networks work, but it's all good. And you know what's funny? So I, I did one movie where it did get cold, and I was actually legit cold. <laughs> and I'm thinking, and I remember watching it afterwards and thinking it didn't look any better, and I was freezing. So yeah. I don't mind. <laughs> I don't mind it so much now. Well, listen. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, congratulations on the movie, and especially congratulations on producing. Thank you so much. It's been such a, a joy to chat with you guys as as always. And like I said before, I'll be live tweeting. I'm going to just say tweeting, okay? I'm just going to say sure. it like that. Sure, I, I agree um, with you. Uh, I agree for the premiere you. on Saturday. Yes, yeah, Saturday, November 25th at 8 o'clock Eastern, 5 p.m. Pacific. And uh, I yep. can't wait to share it with you guys. Real right. life fairy tale. A royal date for Christmas. Can't wait to see it. Thanks so much, Danica. Thanks, Danica. Thank you. That's cool. That really is cool. She's great. It's a good gig. Uh, we <laughs> are going to take a break. All right. When we come back, Ludacris and the Brat talking the holidays. Little gift giving ideas, but more importantly, I hope they are about to settle a long standing debate in this office and households across America. You'll hear it when we come back. All right. It's Thanksgiving. And so if you want to have your, your Christmas decorations up, that's cool. Tomorrow, just enjoy the meal today. But tomorrow is the day that you should. It shouldn't be before that. And we've had people come on the show over you're the living, last. You're living twenty couple years of weeks. Past. You are living twenty years in the past. Am I? Yeah. Well, um, <laughs> Ludacris and the Brat. They were talking about this very subject. I am really anxious to hear what they have to say about it. I respect them as artists. I hope they come down on the right side of this debate. How soon can you start putting up Christmas decorations? Oh, uh, right after Halloween. No, it's after Thanksgiving. No, we pay a lot for decorations. You got to go after Halloween so people can see them for a long time. <laughs> it will, man. How long do your Christmas decorations stay up, man? Valentine's Day. Easy. Valentine's what Day. What the f- 
Man, you can put them up early. I'm fine with doing it like no, after. No, 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 no. Whoa, it's now cheaper. you're out of line. Get rid of them at uh, November. No. Get rid of them December if you're 26. O- if you're okay Get with rid them, of them. If you're okay with them going up at Halloween, right. then you have to be okay with them staying up later nope. also. By the same token that you want to enjoy the, ho- the Christmas spirit for two months before, then why wouldn't you want to enjoy it for a month after? If why I, not? First of all, it's the same thing. Who said I enjoy the Christmas spirit? I didn't say you do. I know you don't. Bah humbug. All right, this is Noir from Alabama. Hey, I'm a manager for Walmart. And granted, we do have the product out early. We have it in August, October. We confuse everybody with Mm -hmm. uh, Christmas, Halloween, and Thanksgiving. Mm. But you don't put up the lights until December 1st. December first. Good luck tomorrow on Black Friday. Yeah. Send us videos when uh, everything when everything goes, <laughs> yeah, goes we to need hell. It. We need it for the website, please. <laughs> All right. Okay, that time of the week. Your favorite time of the week. Tim is here with his Thanksgiving rejects. Happy Thanksgiving. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving. So, a lot of people sometimes press the snooze button one or two many times and they become late for work. So this guy, he decided to make a no-fail alarm clock. So what it is, he has the alarm clock. Oh no! And then a, a few things, you know, trigger and then domino effect and then eventually okay. the water <laughs> goes onto his face and you have to get up at that point. So, uh, I mean, if you're yeah, the, water the water's, time, the water's him, spilling out of there yeah, and now yeah, I know the sponge you, you is supposed to come. No, no. Late, so. do, do you understand the design defect here? <laughs> What's that, 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 that the sponge should come down first. It did. Oh, I get it. But the water shouldn't happen immediately. The water should happen like 90 seconds later. That, that's so true. You, so you know you've got to get out of right. bed before the water hits you. That's true. This just doesn't work it, for me. We should just move on. All right, so you guys have heard of cliff jumping and cliff, di- cliff diving. So how about cliff running? This guy is harnessed in, oh but he's going God. down the cliff. He's harnessed in, and oh, he, goes in, like... he goes head <laughs> first into the water. Is that like... But uh, he's harnessed in, and instead of going, you know, jumping, you run. I down still feel there. like, no, but I don't understand. Why didn't? What, what if you slip? Like you could just fall. But there are rocks. But he's there are rocks on. He has all over the there. rope, and then you can hold onto the rope if you slip. But okay, it's just this, another fun way instead of jumping. I don't know off. the point but, of that. He's I mean, trying it's, to. It's just, trying to kill us. Well, I mean, great ideas. <laughs> off us. Yeah. Thanks. We'll try those out this week. Happy Thanksgiving, Tim. Thanks, Tim. See, the applause is faint because yeah, no they kidding. know that they it's know what's to kill us. Yeah. Although, okay. I think they'd applaud that, actually. Um, <laughs> all right, uh, when we come back, apologies to Mariah Carey. You are not the only queen of Christmas. Oh. There is someone else who's been doing it longer than Mariah, and she's still doing it. Who is bringing peace on airplanes. Which is not an easy thing to do these days. Brenda Lee, when we come back. All right, you are about to see a brilliant move by Southwest Airlines. Uh, We have seen crazy videos on several flights uh, over several years now. But what Southwest did with Brenda Lee, she is singing her classic. And if this doesn't bring peace to a commercial airline, I don't know what can. Hey, you know what? What a bunch that of duds on that flight. I know. They're just sitting there like bumps in a log. They're and just waiting. Nobody wait. was singing They're along. waiting for a good fight. That's <laughs> what they're doing. They're like, this has got to be a setup God, of some sort. give us a break. This is a, what, the preview, the opening act? Have a happy Thanksgiving, everybody. Happy Thanksgiving. And Get those Christmas decorations up. <laughs> and take them down on the 26th. We'll see you later. <laughs>